and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Yeah. Brought to you by the WBO, the World Boxing Organization. How about that? And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and Internet history. Let's get him. Let's get him hard. Pedro Fernandez. Better grab me quick before my knees give way. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the multi-million dollar sports byline studios here in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Check it. The man was correct in that lofty introduction as my name is Pedro Fernandez, the reigning, the defending, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio aerosols, often imitated but never duplicated. Here I sit, high atop my throne, 36 plus years now, later. Straight up today, we're talking combat sports, of course, boxing and mixed martial arts, live on Twitch TV as I speak, of course, Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline channel, live on SportsByline.com, iHeartRadio.com, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211. I can keep going and going, but we've got to talk show. Bottom line is, the PhD of boxing will be here in a few minutes to talk about Socrates Palmer. I'll have a little bit of an editorial leading into that, of course, talking about the week in boxing, and there has been a week in boxing. Of course, the Dominicans were supposed to hold a cold card tonight, and they decided they were not going to hold win to last minute. I'll go into that in depth after the break. Um, of course, Mike Tyson talking about a comeback. Everybody wants to fight Mike Tyson. They're lining up to fight Mike Tyson. And somebody said to me, you know, Mike Tyson only looks like he's 190 pounds, maybe 200 pounds. Well, well guess what? Mike Tyson was like taking Flintstone vitamins for a long, long time. That's why he looked the way he looked, folks. I kid you not. The Mike Tyson you see now was the Mike Tyson I saw in the Olympic trials in 1984. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. As I said, often imitated but never duplicated. Open phone lines all around the planet. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Or get this, the guilt-free, no-commitment text line. And yes, you can call Scott Cuddy all the names you want. Text us, 415-275-1613. The studio text line, once again, 1-415-275-1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. If you, know, if you don't know it by now, what can I say? I'm just ready to get it on and crush this guy's skull. The Dominicans were hoping to throw a boxing card tonight, of course, in the Dominican Republic. Here were the rules. Boxers and teams will be separated by an acrylic glass in the locker room. Uh, that was number one. First test will be taking place. Uh, they will be tested before the fight. Another will be tested at Friday's weigh-in. The teams will be provided with sanitary kits. What does that mean? Boxers will use sanitary trunks. I don't know what that means. Surgical masks, gloves, shoes, and will be tested and provided. Okay? Uh, boxers will be retested the day of the fight. Everybody will undergo sanitary tests upon arrival at the Coliseum. The Coliseum can hold 9,000 people, but only 25 people will be admitted. Okay. Uh, teams will use masks and gloves. Boxers will have their own personalized gloves. Um, there will be only six bouts on the card. Teams will be kept isolated from each other. Only three people per team. Boxers will be attested again after the fights. And it didn't work. Why did it work? Well, the government officials said it's just not worth it. They're, they're afraid. Something went down. I think something went down as far as the weigh-ins were concerned. Speaking of going down, people say to me, 
King Kong Wilder. You remember him? Deontay Wilder talking all that smack this week about, of course, coming back and wanting to fight Mike Tyson. Of course, he wants to fight Mike Tyson because, you know, Mike Tyson means money. I mean, stealing a line from the Sugar Hill game, more money than a sucker could ever spend. Straight up. That's King Kong? Not really King Kong. That's what he calls himself. I never saw a guy named King Kong get punked, the ultimate punky. He's the only heavyweight champion in history to get knocked down with a body shot. I mean, think about that. Getting knocked down by... If I ever got knocked down by a body shot, I would be ashamed to show my face anywhere in the world. I don't care if Julio Cesar Chavez was hitting me to the body. There's no reason for you to be going down from a body shot unless you committed a vital error and left your body vulnerable. Bottom line is, at the end of the day... Uh, not too much respect there. Uh, bottom line is King Kong, of course, is not King Kong. He's looking to get out of this fight with, uh, with Tyson Fury by getting a step-aside money with, of course, Anthony Joshua stepping in to fight Fury instead. Of course, we don't know how that's going to happen because Joshua and Wilder was gonna, could fill a stadium of 90,000 people, but now, like, you can't fill 90,000 people in a stadium anymore. Question from Jan. How do you impose your will on an opponent? Me, I usually try to bruise their arms right away. I make contact. I mean, it was all about, I didn't have to hit guys in the head or in the body. I just hit guys, I like hitting guys right away. I step right across from you, boom, hit them with something in the arm. Make them think I have power, think I have power. Jan was nosy. She continued, who was the best guy ever fought? I thought it was undefeated Keith Rucker. I mean, he was poised for stardom. Hall of Fame promoter Don Charg and a couple other promoters, they sent guys down to watch me and Keith fight in the 82, uh, uh, Golden Glove Finals, he was six foot one, 139, eight and 0 with six knockouts. I think four of them were in the first round, and I put him on his ass 12 seconds into the fight, made a believer out of him, believe me. He broke a couple of bones. Rucker, the next Tommy Hearns, that's what they were calling. That's what they were yelling from the crowd before, before the first bell, but he never ever fought again. I remember my mother, my, my mother, a nervous wreck, was not pleased with the Oakland Tribune that night. I remember the infamous and incredibly beautiful Lady B was present as well. Highly highest ranked opponent. Hmm. Lost the decision in the Western Olympic trials to number nine ranked Vincent Webb of East St. Louis. Speaking of East St. Louis, circa 2004, <laughs> and Don King is holding court in St. Louis as we're about to hold a fight between Corey Spinks and Zab Jude. I'm not sure if it was a rematch or not, but Spinks, he being the son of uh, Neon Leon Spinks, of course, who was for a couple of minutes uh, the world heavyweight champion. So Don and I are BSing, and I tell him, hey, Don, I'm taking a TV camera, and I'm going to East St. Louis to get some shots of the city. Quote, DK's reply was, he pulls the cigar out of his mouth and says, N-word? Shots? Are you crazy? You go mucking around East St. Louis, Pedro, and you might not come back. I've, <laughs> I've never been told not to go any places, okay? So I, I, st I had to go, I had to go to East St. Louis. Besides, they sold silk socks. The stocks I used to get at the, uh, as a kid here in the city, they called them pimp socks, but they sold silk socks in East St. Louis. I was told that at a clothing shop, so I had to go there. So here I am. I've got my cameraman, Fabio. I've never told, been told to go anywhere, not to go anywhere anyway. Besides, I, uh, wanted to buy those clothes. So anyway, I double F in the car, Fabio Flores and I, and I'm driving through a rough neighborhood of, of East St. Louis. I mean, rough where, where there's abandoned houses, abandoned mansions, entire neighborhoods have been a, just have been abandoned. I kid you not. It looks like, it looks like a, a war took place there and nobody survived. That's the way East St. Louis looks. So anyway, I wanted to do a visual of the mean streets of East St. Louis for this Corey Spike, this Corey Spinks post-fight piece because, you know, Spinks was supposed to beat Judah. I mean, there was no doubt about it. He was going to beat him hands down, right? So we were all banking on Corey Spinks to win this fight, and we would build a video around um, him winning and then coming back for his next fight. So we're buzzing around East St. Louis, and 
Fabio's, I said, the TV newsman, per se, the camera. He's got this big camera. So I see some guys looking really hoodish. I mean, some hood rats. I mean, we're talking about a great backdrop for the mean streets of East St. Louis, right? So I drive around the block. I tell Fabio, get the camera ready. So I pull up, and Fabio's filming these guys, and one of them pulls out a gun <laughs> and says something to the effect goes, look like I'm smiling, MF, still hoping to have kids. I'm talking about Fabio. <laughs> and a black guy in East St. Louis was pointing a gun at him. When I hit the gas, I could hear and see Don King saying, Are you crazy enough to go to East St. Louis, Pedro? Bottom line was, I was. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Time to bring in the Ph.D. of boxing. Come to us, of course, from the Bronx. Talk about the Bronx Palmer himself, Mr. Socrates Palmer. How are you this morning, sir, this afternoon? I'm doing well, Pedro. How's it going? With you, Knocking out all bums. Nice. Nice, as what, you should. What's on your <laughs> mind, Mr. Ph.D.? I want to know when we're actually going to get guys in front of each other talking smack instead of on the Internet. I mean, all these, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to call them Twitter tough guys because they are legitimate, but it's just like something out of high school, man. I mean, these guys calling each other out uh, on Twitter and, and Instagram I'm, oh, okay, you know, okay. tell me, tell me, then. then who is the Internet champion? Uh, well, according to uh, <laughs> Mr. Tefimo Lopez, it's uh, Devin Haney. Who, you know, I'm sorry, man, just keep going, keep going. I'm in a funny mood, keep going. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he, he donned him uh, with a belt uh, with, uh, I believe, the Instagram uh, logo on it. It was uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty funny. You know, um, okay, so yeah, all right, but, control with you guys. All right, so are you down with studio fights? I am. Yeah, it would kind of be like um, like the old uh, Mid Atlantic Georgia Championship Wrestling. You know, they would have a little studio with like, I mean, obviously this would be like no people, but yeah, why not? You know, um, the majority of people watch fights on TV anyway. You, so. you bring back some good times there. The the Andersons, um, Rick Rude, Rowdy Piper made his. I think Rowdy Rowdy Piper made his uh, his baby face turn, or uh, no, his heel turn. Yeah, his heel turn at that promotion. So yeah, we're taking bringing back memories. Um, I'm not. Gonna, I'm gonna skip the, take the Mike Tyson uh, conversation until uh, a little bit later. Um, as far as these young guys talking smack, I mean, they've got to do something. I mean, you know, I mean, you're sitting there. Sitting there with a computer in front of you, basically you can run, you can train. I know these guys are all still training, and I don't anybody that isn't training that comes up with an excuse that says, "Well, I couldn't train because of the virus." Baloney! You got a bag in your you got a bag in your in, in your garage. Get some, go get somebody put get a bag in your garage. You can shadow box, you can jump rope, you can hit that bag. You can stay in shape without going to the gym. There's absolutely no no doubt of that about that in my mind. So, guys, whether they're willing to do that or not. I don't know, but the guys, the two guys I'd want to fight right now, it, it straight up would be Mike Tyson, and we'll talk about that a little bit later because he hasn't fought in so long. He's fifty-three years old, and Earl Spence because Earl Spence got thrown out of that car at ninety-five miles per hour. And you know, I'm always looking for an easy fight, sock. Hey, it, aren't we all? <laughs> um, yeah, Earl Spence is probably the most intriguing of the boxing stars. Uh, how's he going to look? You know, when he comes back. Uh, there's been rumors, uh, a potential fight against Keith Thurman. I don't know if he, if he goes in that tough. Although Thurman didn't look great against Pacquiao his last time out. And he's kind of like a guy that has one foot retired. So maybe in that aspect, it could be safe. But, uh, obviously the fight that the 
that the world wants to see is him and Terrence Crawford to finally settle who is the best at 147. Uh, I really don't think we're going to see the same Errol Spence, just my opinion. Um, no, no. That was a, I mean, you look at that video again. That was some. I want to fight him, and I'm 62. Line, I will fight if I can make. I can, I can make 147 too. I can't make 139 and 140, but I could probably make 147, and I would make 147 to fight him. I kid you not. And speaking of Keith Thurman, that's medical marijuana going wrong. Mm. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We'll bring back the PhD of boxing after the break. Socrates Palmer asking about, of course, the Mike Tyson comeback, him wanting to fight everybody but Scott Cuddy. Don't want to step in the ring with Cuddy. Outside of that, he'll fight anybody. Straight up, you're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Hardest hustle anything is boxing, though. I don't know what you do for a living, but pretty sure ain't nobody punching you all in your eyes. I watched one fight. Roy Jones got hit so hard, my TV moved. He was asleep like he got knocked out of the club. The ref was like 241. 242. Roy was snoring. He was really knocked out. Add Roy Jones's name to the uh, list of guys willing to fight Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, 53 years old, talking about a comeback. Of course, my man Larry and Larry Merchant doesn't want to discuss it at all. I asked him about it last week, and he said, "Next subject." Bottom line is, it is what people are talking about. Of course, Mike Tyson, once the most popular guy or the most feared guy in all of boxing, probably the most popular guy at the same time. Of course, setting pay-per-view records and things like that. But the records he set on Wednesday night were not that good. I'm talking about him appearing on All Elite Wrestling, which was on, uh, I believe that's TNT Cable. Of course, that's a new Tony Khan production, along with Cody Rhodes being the son of Dusty Rhodes, the wrestling legend, put together this TV network and this this, this All Elite Wrestling, this new form of a new, this new brand of professional wrestling that we thought would be the answer to the WWE. Probably hasn't been thus far. But the bottom line is Mike Tyson appeared on that this week, and the ratings bump was not there. There was no Tyson ratings bump. So if that's an indication on what Mike Tyson is worth as far as his pay-per-view buyers are concerned, I think that should be taken into consideration. Bottom line is we're still on the line from excuse me, LeBron with I would start coughing at that one point in time. With the with the Bronx legend Socrates Palmer and Sock Mike Tyson, Peter McNeely, if he wants to fight him. I mean, everybody, I, I'm willing, there's a long list of guys willing to fight Tyson. The only guy he won't fight is Cuddy. <laughs> yeah, um, the list keeps to be, seems to be growing every day. Um, I saw Luis Ortiz uh, even mentioned him saying that he's willing to fight him. Now, that could be uh, probably a fight that Mike doesn't want, but he, he as far as age-wise goes, I mean, they list Luis at 41, He's older um, than yeah. Tyson. He's right. older than Tyson. <laughs> right. <laughs> so maybe that you know that that could be um, that could be something that's doable. Um, although he's you know, Luis Ortiz still uh, being you know 
not in his prime, let's say. He's still a, a heck of a heavyweight and would probably be the heavyweight champion of the world if it wasn't for getting caught maybe about three times by Deontay Wilder, um, which seems to be the only punches that landed he went down on. So um, maybe, maybe. I see Anderson Silva yeah. also, yeah. Tito Ortiz. I mean, eventually it's going to happen. Somebody's going to hit the golden ticket. Well, you know, I mean, all these guys want to come back and fight, and, uh, and and of course, it's it's brought on by the fact that there's money out there to be made, and of course, we could have these senior fights. I remember televising a senior battle, and now you think it was the year 2000 between Larry Holmes and Mike Weaver. It was a rematch between Mike Weaver and Larry Holmes. We did that down in Louisiana, and uh, I'll never forget. I can't remember the guy who ran the athletic commission name. I think his name was Billy Burns or something like that, but he showed up before the fight card, and he had to get paid in cash. The athletic commission had to get paid. I'll never forget that. I had, I remember I was with Harold and we had to spoon out three or four grand in cash. You never do that. I mean, athletic commissions take checks after the event. You know what I'm saying? No, no. He had to get paid in cash before the event. That's the way he did things down there in Mississippi. Of course, that was Holmes and Weaver the last time. Holmes knocking out Weaver was one shot. Um, but old guys do fight and they do draw good crowds because people like nostalgia and things like that. And Mike Tyson is a bit of a, uh, obviously an icon, but the fact he couldn't get a wrestling bump on free TV Wednesday night, what does that tell you? Well, I think, wasn't that, that double or nothing? Uh, was, wasn't it a pay-per-view though? No, 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 no. He, he did that. He did that. And then he appeared Wednesday night on the, on the actual oh. Wednesday night show that went up again, went up against NXT. And, okay. um, and, 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 and it, you know, it barely beat NXT. What I'm trying to tell you is, with Mike Tyson on the show, he should have, they, you know, they've been beating NXT like 25 out of 31 weeks or something like that. So they should have stomped all over NXT as far as the ratings were concerned. But there was only like 80 or 70 or 80,000, uh, viewers in between. And there's still, wrestling is doing, I don't know if you know this or not, but wrestling is doing the lowest number of viewers it has done maybe in the history of cable television. They're doing about a million five as far as uh, actual viewers are concerned, each week was with Raw and SmackDown and stuff like that, 1.5 million each show. And they used to, at one point in time, when, when you and I were watching pro wrestling back in the days when we were having the, the WCW-WWF uh, wars there on Monday night, they were drawing 8 million people. Highest rated shows on cable, easily. 8 million people. Now, so why, you know, I know we're getting off subjects when we're talking boxing, but why do you think wrestling, why do you think wrestling went so bad? I mean, it just, is it Vince McMahon? Because he can, he controls all that. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that the end all be all at the end of the day is Vince. But if you look at just the scope of the stars, they haven't been able to create the next, you know, household name. I mean, guys like The Rock, um, He's now the biggest movie star maybe there is. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, the injuries caught up to him and he's retired. He's also doing some movies. The Undertaker, he's, they have him hanging around, but he's more like a, like a, just a, a great figure. grandfather. Huh? He's a great grandfather. Man, if ever there's a guy they should just put in a casket and bury, it's the Undertaker. Bury that, yeah. bury that character. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they haven't been able to create that next star. No, John like Cena. That. John Cena, John, John Cena, he's now, although he's still a young man in terms of wrestling, he's concentrating more on Hollywood. Um, it's, it has to be star power. Also, just it, when I watch the product, everybody kind of wrestles the same. Yeah. You know, it's like a cookie cutter. The guys all look the same. And I don't know, I just, it could be a lot of factors. Uh, 
the storylines. Uh, do, do, do you think it's wrestling was? Do you think, I like. I'm going to cut you off here. Do you think wrestling was better when they were all drugged up? I mean, I hate to say it like that, but when Roddy Roddy Piper was like stoned and and doing his blow as well, coming out there and doing those promos. I mean. Holy, I mean, and all these guys were pumped up. They, they would go to the gym each day. I mean, they were at the gym in the morning and that kind of good stuff. And they would wrestle at night and then they'd party like, like dogs until four or five o'clock in the morning. But they'd still be at the gym at nine. And so they were, they were animals. There was just no doubt about it. But what I'm trying to say is back then, each wrestler was allowed to be each wrestler. In other words, Socrates Palmer was Socrates Palmer. He wasn't a character per se. He was able to develop his own character or the, or the company work with him to develop a character. Now they say, this is what you're going to be and that's all there is to it. And if you have a finishing move that's a cool finishing move and you go into the WWE, you can't use it and, and they take your name for life, Socrates. I mean, Socrates Palmer. Your dad named you Socrates Palmer after him. Those, that's the greatest name in all of boxing. Imagine you going to work for somebody and somebody owning that name. Right. I think that's what Cody Rhodes is going through, right? He yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I think also the guys used to work every day. You know, they used to work four or five days a week. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think they're doing that much work. Well, um, I, I mean, it's, yeah, the product is not, not the same. You know, it's not the same. And, but they still have their core fan base that will still watch. You know, it's now wrestling fans are some of the most loyal fans there is. There ain't you know, none, but there ain't none. What I'm trying to tell you is if there was 8 million at that peak, there's less than 2 million now, and it's going down each week. It's not going up. Raw is recording the worth, the, a record low each week. It's like new record low, new record low, new record low. I mean, how do you, and, and, and I'll be honest, McMahon sold millions of dollars worth of stock. His daughter sold millions of dollars worth of stock. His, his, his son-in-law sold millions of dollars worth of stock. I mean, they, they, they can smell, they can smell the houses on fire. Yeah. And Vince is what, 76, I think he is, you know, um, hey, all empires come to an end eventually, you know, um, there was even a rumor that they were talking about selling the company, which would be like, whoa, I mean, the McMahon, McMahon's and wrestling are what I would say about what 50 years, if you include the old man, uh, been senior for over 50 years. It's it's crazy. Um, the product is definitely there's also no competition. I mean, the, the um, AEW, um, but they're not running head to head, you know, against the big program and the guys, the wrestlers themselves, they're limited of where they can go to make money. You know, there's no, there's no more WCW. Vince bought it out, and that also has hurt wrestling. All right, real quick, being people being bullied online. This girl says she she's a professional wrestler, uh, part of this Netflix uh, series. Ashley Masuro, she committed suicide um, yeah. because she was being bullied online. I mean, can you can you go out any other weaker than that? Come on. Yeah, I mean that's the easy thing to say. I mean, obviously, the young lady must have had some mental health issues. Um, if you saw the text that Scott Cuddy gets, I mean, good <laughs> Lord, he'd be committing suicide. We all be committing suicide. What I'm trying to say is the online heat, if you can't take an email, man, don't read it. You know what I'm saying? Just don't read it. Anyway, checking out the TV schedule June 5th, 
They're going to have a couple of fights on. Uh, looks like ESPN's going to do something. Oh, no, it's got like Showtime's going to do something. ESPN's going to have Shakur Stevenson on the ninth. We'll talk about that in depth next week. Of course, boxing coming back, and I'm looking forward to these studio fights. I want to wish you the very safest of week. Of course, back there in New York, it's a little crazy all the time. Whether it's coronavirus or not, it's still it's still the Big Apple, and I want to wish you a safe safe week for you and the family, man. And tell that dad of yours, I think that's the greatest name. Would you tell him I think that's the greatest name of all time? I definitely will pass that on. Thank you, Pedro. All the best to you, my brother. All right, brother. Enjoy the one, your weekend. The one, the only, folks, Socrates Palmer Jr. on Sports Byline. Clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right, the World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. Now, more Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I'm getting tired of people running from me in the ring. Mike Tyson, uh, Holyfield, you a bunch of bums. Stand up and be a man and fight a real fighter. Me and George Foreman, center of the ring, Galveston, Texas, May of 1989. Of course, in the midst of his comeback, that eventually would garner him the World Heavyweight Championship, knocking out Michael Moore. Now, what's Michael Moore's claim to fame? Being knocked out by an old man. Straight up, you're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're Inside, look in the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, the USC rocking and rolling. They've got events happening. They had like three events in May, of course, thus far. And they've got another one coming up on the 30th, meaning today. Of course, that's coming to you from Las Vegas. It's been planned. Of course, Tyrone Woodley, the Flex champion in the main event. But last week, Alistair Overeem beat up on, I take that back, 10 days ago. Alistair Overeem beat up on a young man that shouldn't have even been in the octagon. I don't know why they had this. His daughter had just died. His daughter had just died, and they put him in a heavyweight fight, a main event fight on TV. I mean, it wasn't a – if you can give a guy a work fight or, or an easy fight or a fight he can learn from, you know what I'm saying, an easy fight, back to lazy fights. If you can give him an easy fight when his mind's all screwed up like that, that's cool. But you don't put him in the main event against Alistair Overeem unless you're looking to sacrifice him, and that's exactly what Dana White was looking to do. Alistair Overeem was a winner, of course. That was a TKO and two. They should have stopped it earlier. Talking about taking undue punishment, that was just ugly. No way to put it. Other fights on the card not worthy of mention. Of course, UFC coming up, as I said tonight, UFC on ESPN. Tyrone Woodley in the main event. Not one of my favorite guys. Likes to pop off a lot. Doesn't back it up all that much. Gilbert Burns, of course, he, Woodley being the former champion. Gilbert Burns is the... <coughs> The uh, opponent here, of course, the heavyweight co-feature, Bigagov Ivanov. Okay, and I bet you that he's um, not Japanese. Uh, taking on Augusto Sakai, and I'm betting he is Japanese. What do you think? Anyway, as far as the wrestlers' card is concerned, bunch of no-names. Straight up bunch of no-names. Nothing but no-names. USC's got nothing but no-names. It's a $4.2 billion entity. $4,200 million. They paid for this company. 
Is that the, I mean, they're putting stuff on TV. I mean, is that, does that, does that represent about $4.2 billion? And I told you before, and I keep telling it again, and people get upset when I say this, but pimps couldn't get away with what the USC do. What I'm trying to say is that uh, a, a pimp running a stable of hookers, say in San Francisco, could not give his hookers 8 to 12% of the money they bring in and expect them to work for it. You couldn't happen. But in the USC, you have no choice. You have to work there. It's the only game in town, or it's the biggest game in town right now. It's the only chance to superstardom. And if you get to that superstar level, you do get paid a decent amount of money, but you're put in death match after death match after death match. And guess what? You can't survive too many death matches. The odds are against you. That's why I think the in the history of uh, the UFC, the heavyweight championship has been defended, as far as a record is concerned, I think two times thus far. I think that's the record, two defenses. Guys don't last long as UFC heavyweight champion. But as far as the upcoming UFC cards are concerned, nothing here jumps out. Amanda Nunes is going to go, of course, UFC 250 as June the 6th. Of course, that's going to be from the UFC Apex, the training center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Of course, I think that will be on pay-per-view. Good luck with that. As far as the UFC is concerned, eh, not too pleased, not too happy. As I said, the names aren't there, talent's not there. Dana White's going to start this this fight island. And the greatest thing about this fight island, folks, is the fact that Dana White's going to live there. And he's going to be on this island. So, in other words, there's one less piece of spit in this country. I'm talking about Dana White when he's on that island forever. So, Dana, go on the island. Don't ever come back. Now, let's switch gears. Let's make things a little bit funny. Let's have a little fun. Let's have bring a little levity into the situation. And who better to bring that levity into the situation than the man born Cassius Marcellus Clay, of course, January 1942. I hope I didn't blow that birthday, but that was the birthday of Cassius Clay, of course, in 1963, 1964, to become heavyweight champion of the world. And then, of course, changed his name to Muhammad Ali. And from that point forward, the entire world was different. But here's Ali with his brother, brother Rudy Valentino Clay. Well, uh, we don't know if we can stand another Clay on the boxing scene, but I'm ready to make his professional debut as Rudolph Valentino Clay. When do you uh, plan to turn professional, Rudolph? Well, Bob, I plan to turn professional in at least two or three months. Uh, How many amateur fights have you had? Well, I've had 83 amateur fights, most around Kentucky and Chicago and New York. 177. What would, you be fighting? what would you be fighting at? What I'll be fighting as a heavyweight. As Cassius, same as Cassius. If you want to you want to fight Sonny Lister? Yes, I want. I want 77 out of 83. Well, I'm tired. I think if I fight Sonny Lister... Let me finish. Let me talk. This boy's modest. I'm the greatest. He's not a talker. I'm going to fight Sonny Lister right after I annihilate Henry Cooper. And as soon as I annihilate Henry Cooper, I want that big ugly bear right in, uh, right here on Miami Beach at the Orange Bowl because there's not a place large enough inside the holes, and then after that... You rank yourself number three, and above you, you rank Liston and Patterson. Which would you rather fight and why? Well, to tell you the truth, I would fight Floyd Patterson, because Sonny Liston is a much rougher fighter than Patterson. He's a much harder hitter than Patterson. And Sonny Liston, I watched him here in the gym a few months ago when he was in the fight at Howard King. And he can hit a guy in the elbows and just about break his arm. But Patterson, he's a good fighter, but I believe in a way he's overrated. Because uh, in a way I believe he's overrated. But if I had to fight either one of them, I would fight Sonny Lester. I mean Patterson. Well, you're all right. I don't know how you found out, but I haven't been working as hard as I should. Uh, I just got through with the Henry Cooper fight, and this regular fighting is pretty tough. But we, uh, me and uh, my trainer here, Angelo Dundee, we have something that we're going to do the last two weeks in London, which will make up for lost time. My campaigning day is over, but as you know, he's starting to pop off, and 
he has a hunch that he's going to catch me with a good punch. So we'll see when we get there. In anticipation of the Liston title fight, a louder, more brash Cassius Clay emerged. His legendary braggadocio came out in full force. Clay seemed to always be in the camera's eye. As a master manipulator of the press, Cassius took over his own promotion and even marketed a record album aptly titled, I Am The Greatest. I come to Barry Liston, not to praise him. I'm going to fight Sonny Liston. That is, if he doesn't chicken out. I am the greatest. Mr. Liston is an old man. He's 30 years old. He has no business been in the same ring with me. I'd like to help that poor old man. I want to give him lessons, boxing lessons, talking lessons. I'll teach him anything. But since he's going to fight me, what he needs most is falling lessons. He can't fight. I watched him shadow boxing, and his shadow won. In the first round. I can picture my fight with old man Liston. I will step into the rain. Looking like a beautiful movie star. <laughs> and for the first six rounds, I was going to pop, pop, pop. And dance away so fast, Mr. will think he's around. And then I'm really going to start swinging. The word around town is that the, the publicity you've been getting recently uh, out of New York and here is that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a little different from what you said before. Well, I hate people, you know, right. that kind of stuff. Right. Well, do I act like I hate anybody? Oh, I what have I ever done wrong? Is <laughs> tell all of the people out there who've betting on Sonny that all of them are going to lose their money and get to the fight early because I might get him in one. Cassius Sonny Liston said that you should be arrested for impersonating a fighter. He said you should be turned over his knee and spanked. Do you think he means all these things, or maybe this is just a gag to sell more tickets? Well, Jim, I've been down here in Miami training for the past three and a half years. I've been boxing 12 years in all. I've been predicting and popping off, and I'm actually really tired of talking. I'm through talking. All the talking is over. I only have uh, a few days now before the rumble, and Sonny Liston is popping off his mouth and making all of these way-out statements, and I'm going to put an end to it February 25th, and, and, and I don't have to convince nobody now that I am great. They all know it because they're paying $250 for a seat, and I'm sure the house will be sold out, and now I'm willing to back up all. All of my talk. I'm just tired of talking. You know, I'm looking at the boxing schedule. Speaking of tired of talking, <clears throat> Ali never got tired of talking. Take it back. We were on a bus in, in Guangzhou, and I looked at him, and he, he was tired, and he was like, not nodding. He just closed his eyes and went to sleep as we were going from one event to another. So I, I guess he does get tired of talking. Uh, bottom line is, I'm looking at the boxing schedule. <clears throat> They've got these cards scheduled. Obviously, they're not going to go down, I don't think, anybody. But the bottom line is China's got a card uh, scheduled for June. Uh, Japan was talking about coming back in late June. <clears throat> California, they're up in the air. Nevada, they haven't made a decision yet. I don't think. I haven't seen nothing. But they're still talking about these events happening as far as, like, June the 9th is concerned, with Shakur Stevenson, of course, taking place in, uh, like, the MGM Grand, an empty arena, that kind of good stuff. And Stevenson, one of the best fighters pound for pound, I think, as far as prospects are concerned, not all, not a pound for pound in all of boxing, <clears throat> but as far as... <clears throat> Excuse me, lightweight prospect concern. I think he's got a lot of ability, and the kid's a good-looking kid. Now, 
back to the subject at hand, and I do want to mention this be, before I go to the break, and I've got a few minutes to do so. I am a, I'm a former San Francisco policeman. Went through a few things as far as people throwing rocks at you and stuff like that. We were with the Democratic Convention back in 1984. Of course, they, they threw a few rocks at us. We were standing out there with our, our riot gear on, that kind of good stuff. But, you know, it wasn't nothing too heavy. But we went to, we went to some diff- different situations where you had to quell things without doing them with um, physicality. And you had to do things mentally. In other words, when I went to a big uh, hubbub with the Samoans out there in, on 3rd Street off when I was working at Petrero Station, the lieutenant knew that he would just send me in there by myself because I'd go in there and talk to the chief and say, hey, chief, you know what? You need to calm this stuff down, man. You know, you need to, you need to bring this tape, bring this down. because the lieutenant's upset and, you know, everybody's going crazy and he's getting all these calls and stuff. And the chief would bring it on down. And there was, that's the way that was done. We didn't send in the tax squad, the tactical unit and, and 400 cops and all this kind of good stuff. We're talking about parties with like, you know, two, three hundred people. I kid you not. And two, three hundred Samoans would probably wreak havoc on the San Francisco Police Department, the entire San Francisco Police Department uh, at one time. I kid you not. Anyway, so but that's the way that was done. It was police work done smart, okay? And I'm not saying that, that the police work is being done in a not smart way now as far as these demonstrations are concerned. But, you know, i got to tell you like this. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever been choked. But if you've ever been choked, your carotid artery, that big vein on the side of your left, the, le- the left side of your all you got to do is press on that for about mm, 10 to 12 seconds, and guess what? You're out. You're, 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 you're unconscious. So the fact that this young man lasted six months, six minutes on the ground, alive with that knee up against his throat, to me was like, I thought that was amazing, okay? But him begging for his mother and telling him, hey, I can't talk and I can't breathe, and the guy says, you can talk, so you can breathe, you're talking fine, and this and that. And, you know, i got to tell you, it just it upset me as a former policeman. As somebody has also been slapped around by the cops. Yes, I have been slapped around by the police and had to issue a complaint here and there. But uh, you know, wrong place, wrong time. No, no, wrong place, wrong time. Wrong cops. And that's what's wrong with today's cops is that everybody on every police force knows who the assholes are. They know. They know. And and, and the the brass knows. In other words, the lieutenants know. The captains know. The sergeants know. Everybody knows. This guy had 18 internal affairs complaints, a lot of which were for excessive force. I mean, think about that. I never had an internal affairs. I'm, I'm, I'm a saint, really. Uh, I've never had an, I never had an internal affairs, internal affairs complaint ever in my entire career with the SAPD. In almost nine years, I never had an internal affairs complaint because I knew how to work with people. Okay. But back to that, this guy had 18 complaints. I mean, when are the, uh, and he's, a couple of people were shot. He's involved in three shootings. A couple of deaths prior. I mean, think about that. You know, statistically, cops aren't supposed to, like, they, they statistically, they never draw their gun or they draw their gun once or twice in their career and they fire it hardly ever, if ever. And this guy shot, like, three or four people? Something's wrong, man. But yet these are the people they keep on the job because of the fact that this is what, this is what law enforcement is nowadays. I look at it. It's not the same as it was in the 80s when I came into it. Back then, people wanted to be cops for different reasons. They wanted to be cops to change the world. That's what I thought. I thought I could maybe change the world. Okay? But now people become cops because they want to become powerful. This is all about power. I'm not talking racism. I'm talking power. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live World Worldwide. Taking us to the break, stand by me. Guess who's singing this one? Cassius Clay.
Fernandez. A fallen champion, folks. Curtis Cokes, double C out of Dallas, Texas, turned pro in 1958, uh, retired in 1972, was a trainer, should have had the world heavyweight champion. Of course, he had Ika Bayabuchi, the African who went nuts and, and tried to bounce a check with a hooker in Las Vegas, and of course, it turned into a rape charge and things like that. But Curtis Cokes, 62 and 14, 30 KOs, a welterweight of note, and he passed away yesterday from the coronavirus, and this was his last quote before he died. I think I put up a good fight. Curtis, you were an outstanding gentleman. You were always a classy guy to be around, and it's bringing me tears right now as I'm looking at you and looking at your record and thinking about you. Also, somebody that passed away, somebody close to the family, of course, close in their 80s, Wiley Sapp. Of course, Ralph hurting pretty bad on that one. Bottom line is we take it from bad news to good news. Of course, boxing coming back. In June, of course, June alone, June the 9th, ESPN going to come back with Shakur Stevenson, a real stud, no doubt about that. But Showtime's going to have a bunch of reruns, but pretty good reruns. Anthony Jobs is going to go June the 5th, of course, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time and Pacific Time. Jobs is going to take on Klitschko. Then it's going to be Adrian Broner and Marcus Medina. Last time you see Adrian Broner on television, hopefully, and that's the tape. June 12th, all about Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson versus Fran Both. He almost broke both his arms there, committed a foul. Julian Francis... Lou Savarese, Brian Nielsen, Clifford Eddian, a whole lot of no-names, but he beat up most of those guys. Andre Ward on the 19th. Andre Ward taking on Arthur Abraham. Carl Frock taking on Glenn Johnson, same card. And Friday the 26th, Andre Ward versus, of course, uh, Carl Frock in the battle for the uh, Super 8, Super 168-pound championship. Straight up, that is the television schedule for June with ESPN and Showtime. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide, 36-plus years now. You're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. I thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, live Saturday and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific time, right here on Sports Byline. And, of course, the podcast on Anchor.com. Anchor.com.